What's up, everybody? We have some special content coming this week because I got a bunch of information of from excuse me questions about why I didn't know what the MLW lawsuit would would mean. And at the time of this recording, WWE was just served with the lawsuit from MLW, and they have three weeks to respond. And so, reason why I said I didn't know what was actually going to happen is because. There's lawyers upon lawyers. Do I think WWE will just settle this thing? Absolutely. I think they'll just settle it. But at this point in time, no matter how much money MLW gets, say it loosely, obviously, it could take away. It can't take. It, it took, their momentum has already been taken away. You follow what I'm saying? So I don't know what's why I say I don't know what comes from this. Um, but it's just interesting that they went this route. You know, it takes a lot of balls, and MLW probably feels like they have nothing to lose, you know? So, I mentioned the Black Saturday thing. <clears throat> so, essentially, here's how this goes. July 14th, 1984, Saturday. Now, <clears throat> just to get some history. For those of you who don't know the history of WCW, and some of you guys might be really too young to fully understand this. Like, to me, I think the John Cena fan base, as far as, like, people who grew up on John Cena, you wouldn't you wouldn't know about WCW. You wouldn't know about the real WCW because they weren't around after 2000. Like, literally, they died. Uh, I think it was, like, March something in 2001. Anyways, before then, it was a big deal for uh, NWA before they turned to WCW. NWA had a time slot on TBS, the Superstation, every Saturday from 6.05 a.m. 6.05 p.m. to 8.05 p.m. And it was a big deal. That was primetime television. They would put, the same way when WCW became super hot on TNT, and they would put movies right after it or shows right before, it was to, it was to get the audience in that was going to be off of wrestling. That's how this was. This was primetime. No one had ever touched this spot, right? And it was where WCW thrived. You know, there was no Raw. There was, there was, it was syndicated television, but this was just the spot to be at. TBS has always been, you know, in the South, whatever. <clears throat> so anyways, so as Vincent Mann started taking power over his dad's company, I believe in A2, A3, something like that, um, he starts then buying the territories. Now, I think Vince McMahon's even said on documentaries himself, if his father knew what he was going to do, he probably wouldn't have sold him his territory. And so he began to expand and and then compete. And then, so pretty much what he would do is, and I, and I was I, actually, I was just told this myself. I was told, like, let's say the government wants to come in, right? And they see your land and they um, can think of a way to present you with a deal. They'll say, hey, we're going to offer you $2 million for this land. If you say no, cool. But if the government deems it, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, deems that hey because of certain things we need this land if you turn down that offer they could just take it from you you get nothing essentially that's what happened with Vince McMahon people who turned him down like Greg Gagne and others they just eventually said fuck it you know we're just gonna compete against you and he would bribe stations Vince McMahon would he would bribe stations he would freaking <clears throat> uh, do whatever he had to do to compete he would go on your time slot and compete against you and so, <clears throat> and he would take your talent. So, what happened was this. Essentially, 
there was a falling out. Vince McMahon had went to Ted Turner and said, hey, man, I want to buy your time slot. Now, mind you, this the same way WWE has conditioned their fans, <clears throat> excuse me, has conditioned their fans the last 20, I'll say last 17 years. Let's just be fair. because I don't think there was a condition when the SmackDown 6 existed. Once that was disbanded, I would say, let's, let's say 15, let's say 15 years. Since it's been wild tragedy, let's just say since then, right? So 15 years. So, <clears throat> WWE's conditioned their 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 core viewership for a certain kind of wrestling. And I remember Daniel Bryan did an interview a few months ago. He said, well, the reason why they never did cattle mutilation, cattle mutilation is because they would tell him, hey, we can't see your face. So, now he can do the moves he wants to do because it's not just about, hey, we see your face. It's about we need to see wrestling, right? <clears throat> and so, since now, what they, they, they are what they are now, WWE. That was the same way the TBS Superstation was. They were conditioned to certain wrestling. They were conditioned to the Four Horsemen. They were conditioned to Dusty Rhodes. They were conditioned to Ole Anderson. They were conditioned to just certain aspects that were less cartoony and more real, air quotes, and doing air quotes. So this man went to Ted Turner. Said, hey, uh, that spot you have is kind of nice. You want to sell it to me? Ted was like, nah, fuck off. <clears throat> and at this time, Ted was trying to merge with Time Warner. And Vince McMahon was trying to stop this by all, by all means because he knew that that would make Ted Turner essentially one of the most powerful men, if not the most powerful man on television. And he tried to stop it, and he couldn't stop it. <clears throat> now, the thing that was good, so sorry for this. I don't know where this is coming from. Now, now Ted Turner wouldn't know, you know, 20 years later that that would be his downfall. <laughs> but at the time, it was the move that needed to be made. It made him... It made him an, a giant in television. So this kind of caused animosity because Vince was like, "Who do you think you, you think you, who do you think you are not selling to me?" Right? Like, because at this point he had moved out so many people, like Don Owens, and I think in what Seattle or wherever he was. Like, that's why people like Roddy Piper refused to work certain places like Seattle or wherever it was because he had such respect for Don Owen. He said, "Yeah, I'm not working that." You know, and that's what it was because. Don Owens want to give him a big break here. And Miss would be like, so? He would like, so I'm not working against him. You know, he would have certain situations like that. Now, Hogan had no capitulation with, you know, a problem with working against people. Because Hogan, as we, as we know, is a, he, we can say it's not a problem. He's a snake. Um, anyways, so essentially what ended up happening was that that really started the war between these two guys when he wouldn't sell him his stuff. So, anyways, we move you know further, and there was uh, a falling out, and Vincent Man was notified that Jack and Gerald Briscoe, Jim Barnett, you know their their shares and you know GCW the GCW time slot were up for sale. And I want to get this person's name right, but I, I've been trying to do my, my best research because he gets le he gets left out of a lot. Of, I don't know why people don't bring him up. Might be because his significant other or his family have said, "Hey, leave our people out of this." But this person, it was a, it was a guy who worked side by side with Ole Anderson, and Ole Anderson was 
really making a lot of he was the head bucker at the time. He was making a lot of the owners other ownership really pissed off. And he pissed off one of the owners at the time. And one of the owners said, All right, cool, you wanna get rid of me? He went right to Vince McMahon behind on the back and said, Hey, you could definitely these guys are all up for sale. So Vince went to Gerald, Jerry Briscoe, um, a number of other people behind Ole Anderson's back, which is why if you guys have noticed, when the four horsemen went into the Hall of Fame, it was the four horsemen um that was Barry Windham, Ole, Arn, and Rick, which was, I believe, the third iteration of the, the Horsemen. Because the first was Ole, Arn, who were a tag team, Tully, and Flair. Then the second was Luger, Flair, Arn, Tully. That's when Tully and Arn became a tag team. Um, And then the third was Barry Windham, who turned heel on Luger. Anyways, so... Vince bought these shares, and now he had controlling uh, say in that superstation. So if you actually look at the first show, you see Gordon Soley like introducing Vince McMahon, and he's like, "We're excited to have the great action you have presented here," and he like hands the mic over, but reluctantly, and Vince is like waiting for him to shut the fuck up so he can like take the mic from him, right? And so like I've seen. I can't remember which DVD was on. And it's, it's, like I said, I can't wait till I get all my stuff together in one spot. It's on a DVD. And you see what they put on. Like, I remember Snooker being on a show. It, the crowd was completely dry for this stuff. Like, it wasn't what they were used to. It was completely different. It's the same way I, I can see why some people... Who, I, I've talked to a number of people, right? Who, who are diehard WWE fans. It's not that... Don't me wrong. This is very much a minority group. But it's not even that they hate WWE. They can't get used to another product because they've been watching WWE for so long. The same way they, they want to get into New Japan. They, there's just like, like, there's some people who I know who are diehard Brian Danielson fans. I can't watch AEW, though, because it's so different. The lighting is different. Like, the wrestling is different. Like, there's some things about AEW that annoys me, too. Like, the tag team division has no rules. Like, essentially, I remember I used to, when I used to buy WWE video games, the only, kind of, the only time I liked playing tag team matches was if there was no rules on it. It was, like, Tornado style. Mainly because it, the, 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 the AI was so stupid that even if I had someone pinned in the corner, by my corner, they wouldn't get out and stop the, the person from running. It would take it would take like 18 fucking minutes in video game time, which is like an hour in real time, to finish a fucking tag team match, right? So, anyways, rant over. They've been conditioned to this stuff for so long they don't know how to react to it. They see Pentagon L Penta L Zero, like, okay. They don't realize how good he was, or is, excuse me. They don't realize how good the bastard Pac is, or how good fucking Darby is, or or how good world they, they they may see flashes of certain people, they just don't get it. So I remember watching, I remember watching this DVD, and it was showing clips, and I'm like, you could just look at this, and then, it didn't, and then the extras was just showing that actual Black Saturday matches, right? They were watching it, and it just looked awful. It was like, you just look at that, and you know what? Is the What they did back then, what the crowd did then, was the equivalent of 2022 version of Corpus Crispy. Cor- Corpus Christi, <laughs> Corpus Christi, Texas. When everyone says how dead it's always dead, that's how the crowd was there. But then if you look at what WCW and WA put on, these people are going fucking bananas. The real wars who come out, they're going bananas, right? So anyways, so David Crockett has, you know, he's asked out 
lost his spot because you no, know, his headbooker was not acting right. Like like Oli made a lot of enemies once he became headbooker, and it's funny because he was headbooker then. This is like in the beginning of the 80s, so eighty three. Um, then they still made him headbooker in like the early nineties too, which is really crazy to see how many chances he had now. Like no one really even acknowledges him and what he did because he should really be in Hall of Fame. No. And I believe I don't. And the thing is, I, I would have to actually, actually have to look at it. I don't know if he's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Because when I say Hall of Fame, I don't just mean WWE Hall of Fame. I mean like the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, you know. So, anyways, the point is, um, now McMahon has full control, and he's putting the show he wants to put on. So here's the thing: it was a handshake deal that he made with these people when he bought this time slot. At the time, that's what it was. It was just a handshake deal. If you look at a lot of problems that Vince McMahon has had was handshake deals. The Lex Luger situation, handshake deal. So anyways, Vince burned a lot of bridges when he started taking over territories. Right, a lot of bridges. Now, do I think some people kind of caused their own demise? I do believe Vern Gagne kind of caused his own demise because he could only trust himself to be the world champion because he wouldn't like he if you think about it, he he created Hulkamania. Run Gagne did. Don't doesn't matter what you think. These are facts. Hulk Hulkamania didn't exist until Vern Gagne took him and put him in Minnesota. Then Vern Gagne, you see the crowds that Hogan had then. It was before WrestleMania. So anyway, so he had him for months as the hottest act he had. He refused to put the WWE. Uh, he refused to put the uh, AWA World Championship on him. Like he refused. He had for like six months when he was hot. He just refused every time. And then supposedly, now the, now the thing is supposedly I'm doing air quotes again. The week he quit, he was going to put the title on him. I know Greg has said this. I know Vernon said this. I don't believe them though. I just it's so hard for me to believe it because when I hear Hogan's side of it as well, and Vern and Greg have confirmed this as well. Hogan was like, "Hey man." Uh, what about the, I'm going to get my own shirts made up. He said, well, I need you, I need a piece of that. Then he, then Hogan said, well, all right, I'm going to go to Japan. Then. All right, I need 60% of that. Like, he was greedy. Vern was greedy. It's okay to say these things about legends, because guess what? Jerry Jarrett's known for being a cheapskate, too. Matter of fact, there was a line about Jerry Jarrett. I think this is one of the funniest things I've heard. They said, hey, man, you, uh, apparently Jerry had said something to one of the wrestlers about, you guys can't afford to be doing this, you will get hurt. And one of the wrestlers said, man, the way you pay us, we can't afford food. And I was like, God. Damn, that's terrible. You know, so anyways, the point is, I don't believe that, but Hogan was a megastar. To the back. Hogan was becoming a megastar in AWA. He left this thing, right? So there's enemies all around, like threatening to kill him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So anyways, he takes over the time slot, and he fired a lot of people in, in, order, to, in order to put his people in, which just made sense. And so, when his stuff aired, it wasn't good. Ratings plummeted. It just was not what this fan base was used to. And you weren't going to get them used to that. Like, to me, the reason why AEW fans, you could say they're, they're smarks or marks or whatever, but I think AEW fans are more into the history of all of wrestling and WWE fans, not the casuals, but the diehard WWE fans are more of the history of WWE. Which is why I'm glad Lita didn't go to AEW for a one-off with Britt. It just wouldn't have made sense. 
You know, like, what is their feud about? Women, I guess. Go women. I, I, it would make no sense. Anyways, so viewers began to flood, like, TBS with complaints. Like, hey, what the fuck is this and why are you putting it on my television? Like, like, did we do something to offend you? Like, it was, like, really freaking terrible, right? So, anyways, they come, they go to Vince, Ted Turner, and say, hey, man, we got, we're going to either cancel the show or just take you off. And it's like, well, we have a handshake, shake deals. Like, I gave you the slot that you paid for. But look, look at all these complaints, dude. Are you going to change your product? No, why would I do that? This is what I sell. Yeah, these people are used to something else. If you're not going to give them that, I'm going to cancel the show. Once again, escalating this beef, right? So, it was also a violation of the terms of what they agreed. You know, because he said he was going to put on a certain type of program. Vince did. He didn't. This angered Ted Turner, which is another reason why they began whatever. So, essentially, Vince McMahon had no choice but to pack his bags and leave the time slot. Now, Jim Crocker Promotions, he didn't leave empty-handed. He made some money on the deal, which Vince McMahon has said in the past. How much did he make off it? Who knows? He probably only sold or got or probably paid those three or four people that sold their percentage of the territory. Maybe, I would say probably, I don't know, $500,000. Like it all together. Well, Dreamcrack Promotions has said on record, they gave him a million, they gave him a million dollars to get that time slot back, which they did. Now, here's what makes this whole thing fascinating, even more fascinating. When they gave him that million dollars, Vince swore that he would take that million and make him choke on it, right? That million dollars helped pay for the first WrestleMania in 1985. And so, look at the, all that happened. So, think about think about how crazy this is. So, he goes to Ted Turner. I'm trying to buy the slot. Ted says no. He then gets an opportunity because of some hurt feelings. Hey, this is what you can do to buy this, this time slot out. Really? Cool, he buys the time slide out. He guarantee he guarantees Ted, hey, now that I own this, I'll give you this type of uh entertainment package. He doesn't follow through on it because even though he thinks it's exciting, no one else thinks it's exciting. And it's one thing if you have Ted Turner in the network just saying, ah, oh, we're they're just bitching about it, right? But the fans now are showing it because now the, the ratings are dropping, and now it's just kind of like, well, this is just shitty, which I'm sure bruised his ego. Now you can tell Vince Man doesn't care. <laughs> Anyways, um, then they say, hey, I'm just going to have to pull back on the deal. Well, Jim Crocker says, hey, I'll just pay for my slot back. Cool. I'll give you a profit. $500,000 pocket. $500,000 profit. And Vince says, all right, cool. And that's where he has the idea for WrestleMania. Months later, obviously. Um, but it, that's the whole story of Black Saturday. It's not that complex. It's about a lot of hurt feelings. You know what it reminds me of? It actually reminds me of Pablo Escobar. He had dreams of being, air quotes, legit. And some hurt feelings caused him to be this mass murderer and uh, cocaine dealer, whatever. Essentially, Vince was making a mon- trying to make a monopoly of wrestling. When he was denied that, he said, I'm going to make it to where this- I do get a monopoly <laughs> for a little bit. And then he's had for so many years, and now people are fighting back against it. So, anyways, that is your extra content this week. Um, I just thought it would be fun to do it since you guys, so many people. I, I made the comment on, uh, what, two weeks ago show, whatever it was. And people kept asking me, I said, you know what, I'll just put this out there. So, 
Anyways, hope you guys enjoy. I'm the Soul Chemical. Y'all have a great week.